0: Our wayward human nature erupts into discord or jealousy, pride, laziness, impure acts, selfish acts, harmful acts, or whatever it may be. God's holy law shows them all to us, like a mirror showing a dirty face or a disheveled appearance when we look into it. A pastor ran into a young man who claimed that he had never sinned. The pastor gently led him to 1 John 1, 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And he said then, that's the first sin on the list, and it is pride. It is pride that ignores the rest of the list of sins. Disobedience offends our holy God and brings his wrath and judgment, and the conscience suffers agony. We could never be set free from this curse by our own efforts or by the efforts of clergy or church leaders because they all have their own sins to be dealt with. In Old Testament times, The Lord provided a system of sacrifice for atonement and reconciliation for Himself. Animals were destroyed in the place of sinners. But these sacrifices could never really take away sins because they were only animal blood, and the priests and the high priests who offered them were weak, sinners who themselves were in need of a sacrifice for sin. All these sacrifices were never more than foreshadowings of the great and true real sacrifice which was to come. Only that sacrifice could bring hope and peace to the sinner's heart. The perfect sacrifice was our Lord Jesus, who was sent to be our great high priest, holy, pure, blameless, separate from sinners, the sacrifice that he offered was himself, the sinless man in the place of sinful people. And this speaks volumes to us about the Heavenly Father's deep love for sinners, his determination that we should not perish without a sacrifice to save us, binding himself even with an oath to send his own beloved son to be the high priest who would offer that perfect sacrifice. And the son, in his profound love for us, was willing to do it, suffering and dying in, in the place of sinners as the sacrifice. John Newton who wrote fine Christian hymns like Approach My Soul, The Mercy Seat, had a failing memory in his old age. But he said there were two things that he could never forget. First, that he was a great sinner. And second, that Jesus Christ was a great Savior. That was truly amazing grace. And he wrote that hymn, too. But saving grace is even more amazing, for our great high priest did not remain dead in the sacrifice, but rose again and always lives to carry out his high priestly work, not by offering yet more sacrifices, but by interceding for the transgressors, on the basis of the sacrifice which he offered once for all. And the Heavenly Father is absolutely delighted to hear these pleas which, on the basis of which he intercedes, these pleas which are based on that sacrifice which he himself appointed to be offered for that very purpose. We And this is the the best possible good news for sinners. We continue to fall into sins. And even the sins of the past come back so often into our memories to haunt us and to trouble us. Dr. Arthur Graff told about a young woman who was visited by evangelism workers and seemed happy to hear their message that Christ was the Savior and the sure way to heaven. But later, she followed them down the street and began to tell them how she had trouble believing this message because she knew that she was so bad. She had hated her mother and had quarreled with her on the night before she died suddenly of a heart attack. How could this awful quarrel ever be forgiven? The fact is, that every distressed sinner needs to be told that there is an intercessor in heaven, a high priest who has offered a sacrifice for all their sins, everyone no matter what, and is even now pleading for them for the sake of that sacrifice. He pleads that they may have pardon and be preserved in grace and be enabled to live with him and serve him. What we have been saying is at the heart of the message of the Reformation. On this day, on the eve of the real Reformation Day, it is good to remember that Jesus is the great high priest who offered himself and intercedes for us on the basis of that sacrifice made once for all. It may come as a jolt to many people, to hear that in the Small Cult articles, Martin Luther said that the practice of the sacrifice of the Mass has to be the greatest and most terrible abomination. This is the claim that the priest and the Church with him co-offer the atoning sacrifice with Christ. This is an unwholesome reliance upon one's own works. And upon the action of sacrifice, though Luther had once believed this himself, it now tortured his evangelical heart to hear it said that sinners join with the Savior in offering the sacrifice for their own sins. The gospel was at stake. And Luther said... God will accept no other mediation and no other mediator than his own Son, whom the Father sent into the world and whom he caused to shed his blood for the sole purpose that he might thereby obtain for us the treasure of faith. For that reason, we know and have no other sacrifice than that which he made on the cross, on which he died once for all, as the epistle to the Hebrews says, and thereby put away the sins of all men and also made us holy for eternity. Luther was horrified by the claim to be repeating the offering of Christ's sacrifice. And he said, the priest offers up once again the Lord Christ, who offered himself only once, just as he died only once and cannot die again or be offered up again. For through his one death and sacrifice he has taken away and swallowed up all sins. Homiletically, this second part of the sermon is merely repeating the theme of the first part which is that Jesus is the great high priest who offered himself once for all and now intercedes for us on the basis of that one sacrifice, making a special application to a horrible error that has arisen in the church and continues to this very day. It is horrible. Luther thunders, where is it written that the mass is a sacrifice. Do you not hear? Christ has sacrificed himself once. Henceforth, he will not be sacrificed by anyone else. He wishes us to remember his sacrifice. Why are you then so bold as to make a sacrifice out of this remembrance? We should continue in the conviction of the Reformation not in order to glory in having a superior argument and refutation. That's a terrible temptation uh, that comes in defending the truth. But we continue in it in order to find delight in the abundant consolation which it gives, and never to lose that, but eagerly to share it with hearts that need it. Amen.